0: Hey there, it's Preston here. And before we get started with today's show, I want to share a fun new opportunity with you. We're preparing to launch Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10 minute episodes addressing a singular specific question from one of you. If you've ever wanted to promote your business on our show, but don't have enough questions to fill a full episode, this is your chance. Just submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask, and we'll give your business a plug and include our best short answer answers to your question. As always, we can't do this show without you. So, visit freelance2founder.com/ask today and submit a question. You can send a text, record audio or make a quick video and it just takes a few minutes at freelance2founder.com/ask. We can't wait to hear from you and now on to the show. Hey, everyone, I'm Preston Lee, and I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands.
1: Visit FreelanceToFounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now.
0: On today's show, how can you stop using agency work as a crutch and build your own Rolodex of high quality clients? It's something we chat about with our first ever guest duo, Shelby and Christina. They're two comedic video marketers doing really fun work out of Hollywood, California. In the wake of the pandemic, Shelby and Christina started their video business and found early success working with agencies. And while working with agencies definitely has its advantages, there are lots of downsides too. So today's show focuses on breaking free from agency dependent work and finding your own audience, your own offering and your own client base. It's one of the best conversations we've ever had on the show and you won't want to miss it. So stay tuned. Oh, and really quick before we dive in, I have to tell you about this new tool we discovered called Hectic. It's an all-in-one business suite built just for freelancers. I've never been so impressed with a product and a team as much as I have with Hectic. We've partnered up with them and left a link in the show description and you should really click to see what I'm talking about, you'll be blown away with what they offer freelancers at absolutely zero cost. Okay, we'll be right back. restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Millo.co and joining me on the air is my good friend Clay Mosley from getdripify.com. Hey Clay. What's going on? I'm excited today, dude. I'm excited because we were just talking before I hit record. This is this is freelance to founder first. Now we're like, boy, I don't even know. I looked the other day, like 180 episodes or something into this podcast, and never before have we had a like more than one guest on at a time that I yeah. can recall. I'm going to feel really bad if you know if someone called <laughs> in, I totally forgot. But today we have two guests joining us, Shelby and Christina. Hey, guys.
2: Hey,
3: we're excited to be here. Yes, very.
0: Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Uh, It sounds like you've been listening to the show for a little while, which we love.
2: Yes, Yes, we love the show. We're big fans. Such a great format. You guys give stellar advice. So we're super excited to dive into that pool.
0: Uh, did you see me the yeah, yeah. compliment there? That t- that totally worked. <laughs> I really liked that. <laughs> you guys did exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no, thank thank you so much for listening. And thanks for the kind words. Um, you know, we All were it. mentioning before we pushed record. We love doing the show and we love to hear when it's when it's positively impacting people's lives and people's businesses. So um before we maybe dive into uh to your actual coaching session here, let's let's talk a little bit more about your business. Give the listeners an idea of what you're working on, what kind of work you do, who your clients are. Just give us kind of a feel for your business.
2: Yeah. Um, So we're a video marketing production company um, specializing in comedy. That's like our little niche. We started doing comedy videos several years ago just for fun, for social media, and kind of learned the ins and outs of storytelling, production, etc. And now we've kind of found ourselves after the pandemic and really honing in on how we can monetize from what we've been doing for so Mm. long. So we started working with an ad agency during the pandemic. And we realized like, hey, like this, we're kind of good at this. Maybe Mm. we should kind of go off, expand on our own and and find clients and do the dang thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Love it. (laughs) I love that. And your website has so much character. Tell people where they can find your work because I'm like scrolling through your portfolio and I just want to click on everything because it's so engaging. Um, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a really good job with it. Clay was even saying before the show, uh, man, you guys look professional. Really great website. Tell people where they can find you.
3: Oh that's so nice. Thank you so much. Um you can find us at take2content.com and that's the number 2.
0: Awesome. We'll we'll link up awesome. that uh, website in the in the show notes as well so that people can click through and be tempted like we are to click everything in your portfolio and watch it.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, thank
2: <yeah>. you. <laughs>
0: So how, so tell us how long you've been doing this? Uh, you said you like for a little while you just sort of created content for fun before you maybe got serious about it as a business. What is the, what has the timeline looked like?
3: So I think we initially started making videos just for fun. I want to say like almost 10 10- years. 10 years ago. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm. So we were doing social media stuff for a long time. We're basically from an acting writing background. So we just kind of started doing that as a creative outlet. And then it was, we had done a couple branded jobs just because people reached out and were like, Hey, can you make something for my coffee company or whatever? But Really, when the pandemic hit, we both lost our day jobs, and that's when we started thinking, like, "Hey, I think maybe we could turn this into a business." So that's what we kind of did. And as Christina mentioned, we originally started uh, out going through ad agencies or like uh, PR companies, stuff like that. And since then, we've kind of realized the better route is probably going straight to the uh, like straight to the business, straight to the client. Um, And I guess we mostly work with uh, brands or influencers who are looking for consistent content.
2: Yeah. So it's a pretty large um, scale of (laughs) what we do. We do like very small projects and uh, larger scale projects. But um, I think that's where we find struggle is, um, if we're going to dive in on this, uh, (laughs) but putting a price tag on our services because they can vary so much. And kind of knowing our worth and being comfortable putting that out there, especially when there's so many clients who are on a budget or don't think they need video content. Um, so those hurdles, I guess we, we struggle with putting the right price tag on, essentially.
0: Yeah, where when you were working with agencies, you didn't really set the price tag as much. Is that maybe part of the issue?
3: Um, I think the issue with that was that the agency kind of had a price point that they wanted to stay under because right. they wanted to get their mm-hmm. cut. exactly. And then a lot of times like we'd be set up on calls with uh, the agency's client and then we do this whole pitch presentation. The client would really like it, but then we would never get the job because I assume like whatever we were charging, they were putting their fee on top of that. Oh. And they probably were just like, we're not going to we can't pay for this right now. So yeah.
0: You know, it's it's really interesting because a lot of times we've recommended that, that people partner with agencies. Um, I wouldn't say it's like one of our top recommendations, uh, but but I think we've mentioned it here and there. And definitely in the freelancing space, you see it a lot. Like an agency can be a good, consistent client. It's interesting to identify a few of the maybe uh, less <laughs> less desirable aspects of working with an agency. They oftentimes... Have stricter budgets because you're right they want to take part of the cut uh, obviously that's their business model they they want to take a portion of the revenue as well, which means they either charge too much for the service or you don't get paid as much like there's there's a few downsides for sure
2: and I mean we're obviously not opposed to working with ad agencies like we've had some success there as well um but yeah, just in terms of branching out a little more on our own. Mm. We've kind of, you know, struggled to find, um, I guess uh, the right pricing Mm -hmm. or the, uh, just like a standard for ourselves.
3: Yeah. Because we're so tempted. I know you guys have talked about this before, but if we have a client that's like, Got a much lower offer than we like. We're usually afraid to not take it because we don't
2: know when the next thing is coming. Yeah, yeah. We're, we mm, spend a lot of yeah. time and effort and walk away with not much for ourselves because you know we we have to outsource to other people like mm. lighting and sound and mm-hmm. and DPS. So, and we want obviously want the client to be happy, so we we're happy to spend that money, um, but then. The takeaway is.
0: the? Where, where
1: can I ask what your price range is? I, I know that's a difficult question, but like, wh- wh- what is the range of what you guys charge?
3: Well, um, it's it's definitely complicated. I would say in terms of budgets, keep in mind like when we give a budget, that includes like all of the expenses for the project. Mm-hmm. So. We've done like anywhere from like a $1,500 budget to like a $30,000 budget. I think what we struggle with is even in these bigger budgets, because it's a bigger, larger scale project, We there's a lot of expenses and then we probably don't charge enough for us. Our time. Yeah, for our <laughs> yeah. time. We, we want to skimp where we can. Because I think we have this fear that like people... They won't want to work with us. Yeah. So we end up kind of like taking the brunt of that by not compensating ourselves as much mm-hmm. as we should.
0: Gosh, gotcha. And you guys have a studio or no?
3: Um, no. No, we don't. Okay. We don't.
0: So you really operate like on a, uh, on a cost of goods sold sort of model where you, you pay expenses as needed based on the project that you're working on. Yes. Yeah. And, exactly. and so you, you don't really have a bunch of like, you don't, it sounds like you don't really have a lot of your own equipment. You, you said you hire out these other positions like the, the director DP is director of photography. Is that right? Director. of yes. Yeah,
3: we do have our own equipment. Um, but depending on the scope of the project, like for our larger scale shoots, we usually like to shoot with two cameras so that we Got can it. get more in the time. So things like
2: that, um, Make sure to have a sound guy on set. I mean, we have our own equipment, but we still need that guy to, to be there to monitor everything. And, um, yeah, so we, we have, we don't have as much equipment as we say would want for the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of a studio, no, we, we would just rent out locations or if it's a smaller scale thing, like do it at the, the person's home.
3: Yeah, we also like if it is a smaller scale project, we will run like sound ourselves. We'll do the camera ourselves. So I would say if it's like under, if it's 5,000 or under, we will DIY that stuff. But if it's a larger budget, we do want to invest in like, you know, a director, the lighting, really make it like a commercial. So
1: yeah. Okay. If you had, if you had to, uh, If you had to categorize like the different levels, I know I know it's like you you said anywhere from fifteen hundred to thirty k. But like if you had to categorize uh, each different type of client, um, like so for example, there's mom and pop coffee shop versus like Coca Cola. You know what I mean? Like how many different types of clients do you work with right now?
3: I would say three different types just off the top of my head. Um, the smallest type being that individual influencer. Lifestyle or
2: videos. Lifestyle
3: like, videos. We've done like a Kickstarter video for someone where it was just a very, very small shoot. Um, mid-tier would be like maybe an like a, a very startup. Small startup. Yeah. Very, very small, but they have a budget of like maybe 5000 for their website video or Amazon or whatever. And then larger scale would be like a fully functioning startup that probably has like, I guess, a decent budget to invest in video.
2: Especially for social because we're kind of primarily in the, the social world and mostly YouTube. Yeah.
1: Okay. So influencers, um, startups, that's kind of where... Where you guys kind of sit—is that right? Yeah,
2: I mean, our target, the clients that we would like, is is the are the ones with the larger budget who are um, really set up and willing to to spend money on their video campaigns. Mm.
0: Do you so, find your profit margins are higher with those uh, with those clients? I mean, I know obviously the total the total money coming in is is higher, but is is the profit margin higher?
3: Yeah, we are definitely making more of a profit with those jobs. I yeah. mean, it's probably not what we would ideally like. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, we feel, I guess, more comfortable. Every time we work with like a specific client, especially who has a larger budget, we try to push it a little bit higher each time.
2: Because the company at the end of the day needs needs to get paid. Yeah, And we, we learn yeah. that lesson the hard way a little bit. So <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: can, can we can we? Can we talk numbers? I, I, I just I, I'm trying to get a, a, a good picture of this. So, like for the smaller projects, what's the profit margin? And then what's the big what's the profit margin for the bigger project?
2: So right now okay, we're about to do a I would say a forty five hundred dollar project, and with after everything, all the expenses, we'll probably walk each with like a thousand dollars, which is is so low after you know. Pre-production, the day of the shoot, and then the editing, editing of like a 45-second video.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, t- so $2,000 on a $4,500 project?
2: Yeah, between the two
3: of us and then the business probably would not get anything. Or we would each take 800 800 and then the business would make maybe like 400 So that's very low. Um, on the larger scale of things, like for our $30,000 job... Um, I would say like our profit was 10 10? 10k yeah
2: but it, it was over a course
3: of 2 months 2, two months two, so. 2 to 3 months yeah
0: and and how many how many $4500 projects could you do in the time you did that $30,000 project
3: Probably
0: just well, assuming assuming the clients were flowing and like client acquisition wasn't right. an issue just yeah. just bandwidth wise
2: Maybe two uh, no, I, I think, think more, more than that. Maybe if it's over a two months time, I would say one a month, more, like four. I think maybe more. We could potentially do more than that because it's only a one day shoot. But then you have to consider like the, the booking of the actor and like just like time wise fitting everybody in with the schedule, and then the the time for editing. We could probably do like two two to four, depending.
3: Yeah, I, I think two to four is fair. Yeah.
0: So I don't I don't want to step on Clay's toes. I'm sure he's headed somewhere with this, but but I'm I'm sort of napkin mathing this. Go for it. And 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 what I mean, what you're saying makes sense mathematically, right? Uh, If you're making if you're making ten grand off of one client, and or you could make two grand off of four clients in the same amount of time. uh, You know, sometimes it makes sense to like go toward that smaller audience because with volume you can actually do more in profits in In your business that doesn't seem to be the case so so it feels like you're headed in the right direction all that to say uh but I imagine getting these bigger clients is is a bit of a ch- challenge and and maybe now maybe now's a good point to 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 rewind just five five seconds here and talk about your freelance to founder questionnaire. We have everyone fill it out when they come on the show we thank you guys for filling it out um and, and part of that questionnaire, among many other things, asks where are you currently on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being freelancers, 10 being founders of your company. And you guys put um, that you're currently at a 5, so like right in the middle. And that in the next 6 or 12 months, you'd like to be more like an 8. And so maybe, maybe line us up here a little bit now that we've talked about how what your, what your profit margins look like. I think that was a, a great question to ask. And, and Clay, please, let's dive into that more. Um, if, if, if you have more to add there, but let's talk, let's talk quickly. Like, what does an eight look like? Is an eight getting all, you know, let's call them $30,000 clients. Is it, uh, having all, you know, more of a studio and equipment? Is it having a team? Like what does an eight really look like? If, If you could paint the perfect picture of your business in 12 months, what does that look like for you guys?
2: Well, um, yeah We were looking at that before jumping on actually, and we we're like, maybe we should have put ourselves out of four. <laughs> um, but I, I think what it would look like for us is a little bit uh, better time management. So we can focus more on the creative instead of having to put so much time into um, the outreach and all the, the, the administrative stuff. Um, mm, yeah. So it would be nice to have a little help. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, let's say we did have four clients a month then we could really hone in on the creative and not have to worry about finding that next, that next client. Um, and maybe we're thinking too small because, you know,
3: yeah, I think that's or, our problem um, a little bit. It's worth saying too, like, or if we were to focus more on Bringing like more frequent work with our bigger clients, or finding additional bigger clients, and we could line those up to be one a month, um, just so that we're not in this cycle of like when we're working on a job, we're fully focused on that. When that's done, we're like, oh no, we have to start the whole outreach process. Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> kind of a hurdle. <laughs> for the
1: us. the feast famine cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Do, is it Are the smaller projects easy for you guys to get or are both the small and large projects both difficult to get?
3: I'd say that they're equally difficult to get. No <laughs> way, is really? is Let's yeah. dive
1: into that because yeah. I'm very curious. I am well, shocked almost, by that.
2: We almost had to um, negotiate a little bit with this smaller one just recently. Um, I feel like that here usually tries to well, low ball in a way or, For sure. or mm, that's true i maybe, that, maybe
0: i'm not that surprised yeah and you're talking like 1500
1: ish range right
2: we're trying to get away from that 1500 just because yeah. there really is not much of a takeaway i mean i mean if we're shooting like on an iphone and something mm-hmm. without sound that like is simple then that's one thing but Um, if we're bringing in people and in finding a location and doing what the client wants, then then yeah. So I think most people don't understand what goes into the production and how much cost it is.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's define what a small project is and and what's a large one.
3: Yeah. um, I think, in terms of what we would like to do going forward, um, small versus large, I would say a smaller project would be a budget of four to five thousand where we would be shooting on our camera <laughs> camera using our sound equipment. Um, maybe just hiring one guy to do lighting, hiring an actor. That's it. Um, a larger scale project would be like thirty k or over, where we are bringing in like a full crew. We have plenty of time to do the pre production. Um, yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Do you Do you guys have projects in the middle?
3: Between that, not really. Yeah, not really. You know?
1: Okay. Which I'm is wondering weird. why that. Why is that?
3: I. I truly don't know. I think it could be because um we you know, I don't know. I think it could be because it's either somebody with their own business where it's their money and they're willing to invest in video, but it's like it's their money that they're putting up. So they're a little bit more stingy versus if you're a big company with a budget, you're just like, yeah, let's get it. Let's do the best we can. Let's give them whatever they need.
0: Um, maybe that's why okay
1: yeah i I'm, I'm just um impressed I'm not sure where you want to go with this, but like i i just I know what you're talking about with the smaller the smaller budget projects because like those those whenever whenever you're talking like five thousand dollars, like that is a huge chunk of money for them versus like a thirty thousand dollar project, which is usually typically the case that just a drop in the bucket for mm-hmm. yes. those types of clients. Exactly. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I, so whenever I ask, like, are these, e- so when you say they're equally as difficult to get, are the smaller ones like, they're just, you, are you finding the people, but they just don't have the money budget? Um, and then on the larger ones, is it more of like, you just can't find the people?
2: The larger ones it's harder to find the people the smaller ones it's harder to convince them um to put up a decent budget yeah. yeah okay i would also say with
3: the larger ones sometimes it's hard because there's a lot of gatekeepers so we have to do multiple pitches it has yeah. to be signed off a on lot of levels. Yeah.
0: have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate, easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates, so easy in fact, You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try HYDRO, that's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro promo code freelance to save $400. hydro.com promo code freelance or just click the link in our show description. And do do you find any of your clients uh come back for repeat business?
2: Yes, we do.
0: And is that more common in the bigger clients or the smaller clients or is it even
2: Well, for um, a long time we were working with an ad agency that was obviously repeat for a very long time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um but it, you know, because we are so new and we haven't, it hasn't been that long since we've kind of, you know, branched out on our own, I think we're kind of still trying to to find the best way to go about that, the best way to target those specific bigger budget clients.
3: Yeah, I would say just where we're at right now, I see the bigger budget companies coming back more than the smaller scale because sometimes with those smaller scale people, if it's in that $5,000 range and not necessarily a $1,500 range, they they just don't have the money. Yeah. To
0: that was back. like their budget for the year for one great video or something. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Right. Opposed,
0: yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, well, here, I guess, I think what we've identified so far and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing. And, and um, it feels like, like targeting the the higher ticket clients is a no brainer, which is not always the case, but I think in this case is uh, in this case is the case. Uh, I think um, I think targeting the higher higher budget projects is the way to go. Obviously, you can get more profit margin out of them, and it sounds just from the way you're talking, it sounds like you just enjoy those projects more too, um, and. And what I'm hearing also is that uh, what you'd like your business to be in the future is like you guys continuing to focus on the creative work behind these bigger projects while other people handle maybe the admin or maybe even the outreach uh, or the client relations in some ways. Um, so I guess if assuming I've heard correctly and all that's, all that's right, what do you find then are maybe your biggest hurdles to moving toward that? Um, you know what what's what's keeping you from getting more of these $30,000 plus clients uh where do you find you're hitting a wall and what have you tried
2: well um you know we we've done a lot of linkedin messaging and and you know we a lot of outreach to different agencies and things like that um this this is probably not actually what we should be doing in terms of getting these specific clients but we went to a a makeup convention recently and just kind of you know old school walked around and handed out our business card and told people what we did um i, I think we're kind of in the dark on what the best approach mm-hmm. is
1: i like the hustle that's good <laughs> yeah. sure. i like the hustle you got to do what you got to do you know
2: we um, <laughs> went on the streets one day.: <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, so I have some thoughts. Preston, I don't know. you want to, you, do you have additional questions before we go dive into it?
0: Nah, go for it.:
1: Okay. So what you're currently doing, messaging on LinkedIn and kind of handing out business cards, to me, that I think you already know this, that is not the way to go <laughs> to get yes, these bigger <laughs> budget clients. Um you have to so I'll I'll summarize it with three words pay to play. So what that means is you need to be going to the places where these high level people are are hanging out but you typically do have to pay to play which means you have to pay to get into these circles. So like Yes, yes. Relationship capital is 100% going to be your biggest, uh, in my opinion, strategy to get these clients. Now, uh, unfortunately, that's not a very transactional thing where you could just go press a button and all of a sudden that's it happens. Um, but like going to high level mas- masterminds, like legit ones, okay, like not not these. Not these like fake ones that are called masterminds, but the people are not. They're not high level. Um, you got to go to these masterminds where there are people that you feel y- you are the poorest per people in the room. You know what I mean? Yes. And yeah. and you usually you got to pay. You got to pay to 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 participate.
2: Um, so, what would be an example of of doing that? Like how? What, how do we make that actionable?
1: yeah so good question a very a, a good example that I can think of right now off the top of my head um which okay, so just before I get into the to that example uh just generally speaking you want to you want to join uh like are, are there particular industries that you guys like to work with um
3: Yeah. I mean, I think for us, rather than like necessarily particular industries, our ideal client, since we do have kind of a focus in comedy, would be somebody that is, or a company, I guess that's willing to take some risks with their content. Maybe not So maybe not like an accounting firm. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, maybe like, um, (laughs) yeah, like, I mean, for example, like the product Poopery that had that crazy video. Mm -hmm. like Something like that where they're kind of willing to let us like do where we shine, you know?
1: Okay. So like, usually like, so physical products versus service providers?
2: I think that's pretty fair. I think so. Um, I don't, I wouldn't want to necessarily box us in
1: for that only but um okay that's well, usually the case i will i will tell you that physical products is a lot easier to do marketing and and videos for mm-hmm. um and 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 i'm sure you have already experienced this but the competition's super high with that yes um especially for <clears throat> excuse me especially for uh, for what you guys do If you can figure out, and I'm just telling you this from my personal experience, is if you can figure out how to do it for service providers, like boring accountants, right? Um, Not saying that you need to stick to that industry, but if you can figure that out, in my opinion, that is a blue ocean.
2: Okay. That's so funny. We actually had a...
1: Yeah. Go uh, ahead.
2: We actually had a conversation with someone about that exact thing, And how that market is very untapped when it comes to outside the box and comedy. One
1: hundred percent. The video. Let me tell you, the service service providers, they always get hit up by videographers, but they're the boring ass videographers (laughs) who do the same shit over and over again. Where it's like B roll interview, B roll interview. Like it's so boring. Mm -hmm. But like if 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 they were to get pitch what you guys do. I think it is a blue ocean, specifically for their service providers that make a million dollars or more in revenue per year. Yes, and it's there are a ton of them because um, I get so I sell something that's thirty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and I sell it like crazy to service <laughs> providers. And they're the boring people, right? <laughs> Quote unquote. They're chiropractors. They're plastic surgeons. They're, which plastic surgery is not really that boring. Um, <laughs> they're, you know, they might be uh, uh, insurance agents. You know, like they're they're not the most fun uh, industries, like to you wow. and I. But I, I, like, if you can tap into that and pitch that... Uh, oh. Right. I think
0: that's where you need to go, in my I mean, opinion. Yeah, let's let's give some credit to to some of these kinds of companies, like you're saying, insurance providers. Some of the most mm. famous, funny commercials come from yes. insurance companies, right? So, like, there's definitely a you way. Know, yeah, exactly. And
2: a hundred percent. Let us um,
0: mute the commercials oh. when Geico and Progressive commercials come on, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think there's definitely some space to like shake up, you know, traditional quote unquote boring industries. Uh, they're, they know they're boring. They need to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I
2: wonder, in your professional opinions, um, what would be a great way to convince? Say, we did get uh, someone's ear in one of these industries what would be a great way to convince them that they need to take this risk?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's relationships, right? You don't pitch it as soon as you meet these people. You just can't. You're going to turn them off and you'll never hear from them again. Yeah. Um, So the best way is you need to attend these things um, where they are attending, like these events, these masterminds, whatever event that they go to, and you need to do it like over and over and over again until they get to know you. And then they're going to be... And just make sure they know what you do. And then they're eventually going to uh, being in a buying mode for your services. And then it's going to be a no-brainer. They're not going to go to anybody else. It's not going to matter what you charge. And and the best part is they're going to let you do whatever the hell you do and let you have a full creative freedom. Like, yes, with no yes. red tape, no... No layers to go through. Um, and that's just how it's going to work. Oh, I forgot to mention um, the, the specific example that I thought of earlier is, um, are you guys familiar with Steve Sims?
3: No, I don't,
1: I don't think so. Go Google his name. Um, it's, uh, we're not affiliated with him. I just know him. Um, it's steve d the letter d, sims.com. He does these things called speakeasies. And he does like three or four of them a year. He's 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 a guy that's very, very well connected. He know he knows Elon Musk. Oh. Um he, he 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 used to own a concierge company for like the rich. Yeah. And uh he even got uh a a couple married by the Pope at some point. Um <laughs> yeah, he's got he's connected. Wow. Um, so he does these things called speakeasies. They're, in my opinion, they are inexpensive. Mm-hmm. They're only two thousand dollars to attend per person, um, and he limits that. He limits them to like forty people each. He does that on purpose. Wow. And I've been to them, um, and he brings high level speakers to come to these events. But, but more importantly, the people that attend are also high level. And these are these quote unquote. Boring people that attend. Um, but there's a variety. Like you'll have some bankers in there, you'll have insurance, financial people, accountants. But uh at the last one I went to here in Austin, there was a NASCAR driver. Um, there was also somebody who specializes in online uh course making, like who has a huge following, huge. Um, and so I, I think I think this is a perfect event for you guys to go to that's relatively inexpensive
2: okay that's yeah that that's sounds genius. great yeah. that's genius genius
0: <laughs> and you tell you you can tell him that I sent you
2: <laughs> oh
3: okay. okay we will <laughs>
0: <laughs> can I
3: have a couple thoughts
0: too on on wrangling in uh, some of these bigger clients making it a little yeah. more actionable like you said and, and that is first of all that um, Clay and I always have had a little bit different approach in terms of like the networking versus the cold outreach thing. Cold outreach has worked really, really well for me. It continues to work well for me. Um, we recently booked a $60,000 client uh, based on a cold email that I sent. And so um, I think I think that can be done well. If, if you guys don't want to invest the time in like mastering that, because cold outreach is definitely an art, just like all this other stuff. It, it strikes me that you guys might naturally be more you might be better at networking and in-person interactions and you're your you know you're energetic you're kind like you you can tell like that would definitely work in your favor um but but i don't i wouldn't discount cold outreach necessarily and there are companies that can actually like take your personality and take your brand and meet with you and and figure out what you're all about and then um, scale that in outreach. So, like doing more, um, even though Clay said LinkedIn won't work, I actually think there's maybe a place where LinkedIn could work for you, um, where a, a, comp- an outre- a LinkedIn outreach company could potentially um, build sort of these warm connections on your behalf on LinkedIn and then uh, close the sale for you, and, and then you can move forward that way. Um, so there's one that comes to mind called Lead Cookie. Uh, I'm. I don't even know if they're uh, still around. It's been a couple of years since uh, I heard about them. It was run by a company, or sorry, the company was run by a friend of mine. Um, and so I know he does good work. Very, uh, you can trust him in that sort of thing. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Make sure they're still around. Haven't been acquired or anything like that. Um, and then I, I would also say. Um so I I used to work so in kind of a similar situation except on the other side of the table. So I used to work at a record label and we would obviously have to make music videos all the time for our artists and so I would have video people pitching me all the time. And I will agree with Clay in that the pitches that I got from people who, you know, were were at least tangentially related to my network, so maybe a different musician or a different marketer had already worked with them before and they say, "Yeah, they do pretty good work." Um, you know that would at least open the door. So, um, but what really sealed the deal for me was when uh, a pitch came through and they were like, "Hey, here are the last three videos we did." And I would click through, and they all had like you know millions of views or whatever. Like the results really speak for themselves in your industry, especially where you're spending a lot of time on YouTube. Um, you know, if you if you have a portfolio and your YouTube videos have hundreds of views instead of thousands or millions. Um, you know that can be that can be a turnoff for people, which I know it's really, really hard to make that happen. but um but obviously that that I think is a, a major contributing factor as you're doing cold outreach or sort of middle ground warmed up outreach is making sure that you speak the business language too, not just the creative video execution business, but you're also saying like we get more views, we get more sales, we get more engagement. whatever the client is looking for, really focusing on the value that you bring to them in addition to a great, funny video. Is any of that resonating?
2: Uh, yes, hundred yes, percent. And yeah, it makes so much sense. And especially with the whole relationship aspect, um, I think we need to really just invest our time and energy into creating those relationships and yeah with the cold I like what you said about the cold outreach being an art because it definitely <laughs> it takes some trial and error, and i I don't know if we've necessarily figured that out yet, so
0: yeah, although yeah. you do i I would say you have an advantage that a lot of people who do cold outreach don't have, and that is comedy, right? Comedy right, is right. so hard to pull off, you guys know, obviously you do it professionally yeah. it's it's so, so hard to get right um but when you get it right mm-hmm. it's so good right and so you could you could use that superpower as it were to really beef up your cold outreach and where cold outreach might fall flat for someone else um you could really shine i think some of the best pitches i've ever received uh, in a sort of cold nature as we might call it just from someone i didn't know some of the best ones had like a nice <laughs> comedic <laughs> factor to it so
3: Oh, yes. That's true. I never thought about that, actually. We're always thinking, I feel like, when we're reaching out to these businesses, we're like, oh, we need to seem as professional as possible. But (laughs) that's an interesting idea to kind of bring the comedy to the outreach. Yeah,
0: especially if that's what they're hiring you for, right? They're not going to hire you to make a funny video if you're boring and stiff in your outreach.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stick stick to your brand. Stick to your brand voice. Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay. That. What do
1: you What do you guys do for marketing?
2: Well, um, not a lot.
1: <laughs> well, okay. I asked this because I, I asked this because I, you know, obviously, I, I, I creeped on y'all's TikTok. You know.
3: Oh, the TikTok. Oh. Yeah. I don't think we have a business TikTok.
1: You don't. I looked at oh. both y'all's TikToks.
2: Oh no! Oh no!
1: <laughs> I, I'm just I'm bringing this up because like TikTok's super hot right now, and. With your skill set, I don't see any reason why you guys shouldn't be like massively popular on there
2: Oh, that's what everybody tells us on Instagram
1: <laughs> you know like what I would yeah right Instagram and instagram okay
2: yeah
1: um like have you guys ever done uh and I know it I know it takes time and cost to do this, but you could maybe you could do it in short forms. Um have you guys ever thought about doing a a uh uh like a fake commercial for a for a company? Like, a, like, if, like you a want, if you if you wanted to do one for amazon.com, right? Not officially, but you guys like mock one up.
2: Um so like a spec commercial or like a, like a like straight up sketch?
1: Uh, I don't know the lingos. Oh, like, okay. Sorry. So, so, like, yeah. like you want to do a commercial for
0: Amazon.com. Right. They didn't hire you. Right. Um, but you're going to do one anyway. I think you're right. saying right. more a spec, like, a, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an actual piece of work, not a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. right. Yes. yes.
2: We, have, we have not done that, but we should.
0: Yeah. We yeah, you should record. do that you know, over like, and over and over do, again. Do some pro bono work. Find some organizations yeah. you care about that can't afford mm-hmm. you. Some charities or... Some um, yeah, cool yeah. organizations that are doing important things and like and make a you know make a a video for them. I I'm um, yeah. I, I was just reminded and I'm sorry because I'm going to mention probably someone who's your competitor. So I apologize. But oh. um, the Harmon brothers. Do you know the Harmon brothers? Do you know of them?
2: Oh, yes. we aspire to be. We love the I Harman was going to say. I'm sure,
0: mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they're like big in your space. So if listeners don't know who yeah. they are, they've done poopery. They've done. Squatty Potty the the like uh unicorn that poops ice cream or whatever. Uh they've done purple. I'm trying to think I'm, I'm just mattress. clicked on their website. They have done a they've done a ton of cool stuff. You've probably seen one of their videos and I just realized that um they have a podcast. Do you listen to their podcast?
2: We have listened to, uh, a few times, yeah.
0: I don't know I don't know if there's anything in there, but I'm seeing their podcast which <laughs> this speaks to their uh Comedic talent as well. Their podcast is called "Poop to Gold," but um, <laughs> yes. it says it says marketing lessons. Uh, so I I don't know if you know if I know they're probably talking more to their client in there, but I wonder if you couldn't pull some gems out of there um, on how they what marketing they do for their own business. You know what I mean? I, I assume yeah. I assume they're doing a lot of marketing for their own business aside from just creating cool stuff, uh, right? Anyway, you've probably explored that, but I wanted to make sure to mention it before, before we got too far off on another tangent. Definitely.
2: Definitely. And, and what we found with them, too, is they're all about, you know, uh, giving those tips and tricks and um, basically educating people, which I think is a, is a great tactic to, you know, get people to, I don't know, we, we're planning to do that for our, our YouTube Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good
3: question for you guys. Like if we were told that a great way to get new eyeballs since we started a completely new YouTube channel just for the business would be to do these sort of like educational videos, like how can you create a funny video for your own brand, um, do you think that's valid? Do you think like
0: I think that's valid. It's a it's a long term strategy for sure. Like this is the mm-hmm. this is the content marketing angle, right? So you create yeah. content for a year or two years, and then people start to start to like recognize you as an authority in the space. I don't think it would hurt to do that if you have the bandwidth and the budget for it. But it, but I think you have to do it under under with the understanding that it's going to take time. Uh, it's going to take time to get some traction, and may not get the traction that you want necessarily. What I'm noticing is the Harmon brothers are doing; they're like selling a course uh, on how to do it yourself. Is that right? Um, yeah, which, yeah. I think I see. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Which to me sounds like um, this is maybe what they do for when someone calls up and they say, "I only have fifteen hundred bucks." Right? Yeah. Instead of just saying, "Well, sorry, we only do thirty thousand dollar projects," instead they say, "Well, great, we have a fifteen hundred dollar course." I don't know how much their course is. But great, we have a $1,500 course that will teach you how to do exactly what we do, right? So they're still capturing that revenue. That might be something down the road to look at. I think what you're talking about is content marketing, which is is different than what they're doing here. And I think you could easily, to bring this full circle, easily do what, what Clay was saying, which is do um, do spec videos or do pro bono work for brands and, mm-hmm. and post that as your content marketing and, and say, like, here's what we can do. Here's, mm,
3: yeah.
0: here's what we can do yeah. for your company, right? And even give, even give the videos away. Like, actually partner up with the pro bono. Say, look, since you're not paying us, we're just going to do this our own way. We'll give it to you when it's done. If you want to use it, use it. You have all the rights you need to use it, uh-huh. right? Um, then you have, like, less proposal and pitching and less red tape and yada yada, but you still get to create a cool thing for a real, real organization.
2: Yes. Yes, love that. That's a great idea.
0: Do you guys travel?
2: Uh, we, for the to.
1: for the projects?
2: Oh, for the projects. Not
1: usually.
2: I'm like, I love to go to Europe. Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean we could, but um, we usually if we have a client that's like say in Canada or something, usually we'll shoot it here because this is like where our crew is, this is where like mm. our actor network is. And, and when that's you, if
1: they have a product.
3: Um. Yeah. If they have a product, um, if it was something where, uh, I mean, most influencers are here too. But like you were saying with the accountants or the insurance brokers, like if we were yeah. to go to them, um, yeah, we haven't done anything like that before.
1: Yeah, that's probably just fair warning. That's what you're probably gonna have to do.
3: Yeah. So we can get into those other markets. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But it, I, I think it opens it up, though. It opens up. To the world, right? Yeah. Um and and you know, you include your travel costs and stuff in there, but those people are 100% willing to do it. Like it's Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think going that route is the way to go.
0: Well, and, and, <laughs> and like it. just like breaking into niches that maybe aren't you know, you move away from startups and you go over to these service providers like we were saying. Yeah. You know, maybe you move away from I'm not saying permanently, but you target away from Hollywood, California area, and you target maybe you know, Clay like made a killing in yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of all places, of all
1: right? Places. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: So that there- and you know what's so funny? Um because I well, I live here in Austin, but I don't I have like one client here in Austin. And you'd think like Oh, Austin, you know, like it's it's a pretty decent sized city, you know, and right. uh, there's tons of bit. like, no, I, I get my clients from the East coast, the Midwest, like West coast, you know, it's like, they're everywhere. Um, I don't focus my efforts here, just here in Austin.
0: I mean, the Harmon brother guys, they're, they're uh, in like in Utah, I think here with yeah. me. So yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I think you could, you could. Definitely branch out to to some other places, and maybe you've maybe you've been doing that. um, But I think there's definitely like lots of opportunity in less common places.
3: Definitely, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, we haven't actually really thought about that. I don't think Mm. so. That's a great great suggestion. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because I know. And again, I'm sorry to keep coming back to the Harmon Brothers here, but I have their tab open, sitting here, so it keeps reminding me. Right next to yours. Mind you, but I do have it open. And, uh, but it, but you know, the first because I live here locally, they they did some local clients first, and I remember seeing those. And then, and then, um, because the the like tech scene in Utah is starting to grow, they're they're obviously starting to partner with some bigger companies that you've heard of nation nationwide or or globally. But but you know, mm-hmm. they 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 started like in a market right they did a small a few products in a small market got well known for how funny their videos were and um and just grew from there so you could potentially do that in various markets right you could go and focus on a little rock and say we're going to get as many clients as we can in the next six months in little rock because word's going to spread right and we're going to be able to (laughs) say like hey this little rock business uh worked with us and we'd love to work with you too and you sort of stay there for six months or a year, and then you go to another city that's similar in size and you start over and you say like, hey, we did this in with companies in Little Rock and in Hollywood or wherever, and now we wanna do some here in whatever city. So I think yeah. that could be a cool like, multi-local approach to, to building little networks all over wherever you want.
2: Yeah, that's a great, yeah, we haven't even thought about that or looked into that, so that's really helpful.
1: Do you guys have, um, have you ever hired business coaches?
3: No, we have not. Uh, we actually, we had a run-in with a business coach recently that like wasn't the best. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we haven't really looked outside of that.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I there's tons of those that claim that they're business coaches. But like in reality, you look to see what they've done. They haven't right. really done that much. Um, the reason I bring it up is because... Um, Hiring a business coach is a legit one, is good for, two, two, good for multiple things, but two things I'm thinking of specifically. Not only will they help you with business, but if you hire one that has connections, then they will, as long as, again, pay to play, as long as you are a client of theirs, they will pitch you all day long and endorse you. I know that from oh, personal experience. God.
2: okay, yes, that's so smart. That's
1: mm-hmm. good. Like a lot of people will look and say, "Oh, you know, like business coach. You know, they call he call he or she costs like two thousand or twenty five hundred dollars a month or whatever." Um, and they but they only look at it from a what kind of advice am I going to get? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They should look at it like you guys should look at it as what kind of connections yeah. can I get?
3: That's so true. That's
2: so true. Maybe that's why we're uh, feeling a little stuck right now because we need to uh, honestly invest more in everything you guys are talking about in Mm -hmm. order to to start that growth.
1: It's Yeah, it's connections. Like how do you get those connections and the fastest way to get it
0: is pay to play.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay.
0: And and if you have to take a few more $4,500 jobs, right, to skim off... And uh, that's fine. You you start there, yeah. and at some point you wean off of that. But like, uh, I, I think you could also maybe adapt your smaller product to say like, yes, we can do it for four thousand five hundred. But here's the thing: we're go- we're going to be in charge. Uh, here's the timeline. Here's what it won't have. Here's what it will have, and um, and you can you can kind of control that a little bit more. And then maybe instead of getting two thousand dollars in profit out of a forty five hundred dollar project, maybe you're getting three thousand or something, right? And so then you can start investing that extra thousand dollars in some of this high level networking, some of this pay to play stuff, getting a coach, um, and and really really preparing for the future. Uh, if if you find that it's easier to get some of those smaller clients, which I know you said it wasn't, but I wonder if you could find a way where it's just like. Like you just click to buy it, really, right? It's not. Yeah, it's right, not like right. a send a proposal back and forth. All the all the stuff that sucks up all of your time and energy. Yeah. If you just make like right. a like a click to buy, you know, two thousand, three, 000, four, 000, five thousand dollar product of some kind, that could that could give you the cash flow that you need to move into this next phase. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, Preston's spot on. I, I one last thing I want to say, and he and I got to go, got to go on another podcast. Um, for your smaller, like for the smaller projects that you're charging for, they absolutely need to take up less resources, less of your time, um, and less access, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So, like, maybe in the future, you hire like a, a junior associate of some sort, right? Who can do this stuff, but they're not as good as you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: They could take on the $5,000 projects, not you. Right. right? So that's just something to like food for thought for the future. Um, And you have maybe, you know, you have teams of people that, uh, that can handle those smaller ones instead of you guys. Um, uh, So that, you know, that way you could still take on the projects, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. take up your time.
2: Right. Yes, yes, yes. Great... That, that is, the and goal. less and
1: less equipment. Less equipment, right? Like if right. it's a five thousand dollar project, you do not need to bring in all the lighting and all, and hire oh. an actor and all that. Like try to figure out some sort of package that makes sense for that budget that will still be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clever editing.
2: Yeah,
1: could make that happen. Totally. Totally.
2: totally. Gosh, you guys are gave us so many gems, so many gems, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of which,
1: speaking of which, I messaged Steve Sims while oh. we were talking about it, and I gave him your names. Oh, oh my goodness! So and I said, I said, keep on, keep a lookout for these two people. Oh. And he responded, and he's like, "Yes." He said, that's, "Please send them." Oh, that's oh, so that's great! So nice. Thank you. That, that's
2: the one that like really sparked my interest when you said that. Like that. It seems like such a cool networking experience. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, And
1: you'll learn some stuff too. Like if you, uh, you know, if, whether you meet people there or not, which is really the main thing, but you'll learn. You'll learn some mm-hmm. stuff.
3: Totally. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We know you guys have to run, but we really, really appreciate this. It was so helpful.
2: Yeah, we love, we honestly love your podcast and think it's so helpful to so many people. Yes, and, Listeners for
1: life.
0: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really appreciate that. It's been so much fun chatting with you today. I'm glad it's been helpful. And thanks so much for, for calling in. Hopefully we can catch up uh, again soon and see how things are going.
2: Yeah, awesome. That would be great. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, in the meantime, take care.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye.
0: Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit M-I-L-L-O dot C-O to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit dripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquim Karud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com
1: or by searching Freelance to founder in your favorite podcast player.
0: While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time.
1: See ya.